Hashem, we are learning We left off seven lines from the top of the Amid. Before we continue on the Gemara, yesterday we ended off the Shir by giving over the Shita of Toysvis, and I made a mistake, and I would like to correct it. So what we are up to is, the Mishnah tells us that if an animal, Ba'inus, falls into someone else's property, and as the animal falls into his fellow's property, it crushes his vegetation patch, his vegetable patch. So the Mishnah tells us, being that the animal fell there, Ba'inus, the owner of the animal is not chayif to pay for the damage, but the, but the owner of the animal is chayif to pay for what it benefited which is a lesser amount of money, said the Gemara that there is a Chiddush in that, because one might have thought that we should apply the concept of Mavriach Es Ari, which means that when a person is chasing a lion away from his fellow, he cannot later ask for any compensation because he was doing a mitzvah. So one might have thought, if my animal falls into your property and your uh, vegetable patch protects my animal from getting damaged, one might have thought, I can tell you, I don't have to pay you anything. Because you were doing a mitzvah of saving my property. Kumash Mulan, that you do have to pay. I don't have to pay for all of the damage that I caused, but for the benefit that I had from your vegetables getting squashed, for that I do have to pay. Why don't we say Mavriachari? So here's where we spoke out Toysvis, and I, I push it, spoke it out the wrong way. So I would like to read it inside. If you look inside the Toysvis on Dafnun Ches, on top of the Amid, if you go 10 lines from the top of the Amid, if you count down 10 lines in the middle of the line, it says, In our case, we have both criteriums. Number one, the neighbor did not knowingly give up his vegetable patch to save my animal. And the East Lake Seidon, the neighbor takes a hit, he, the neighbor, incurs damage. That's why, being that we have both of these reasons, I cannot shout, I don't have to pay you anything, you did a mitzvah. If a person knowingly wants to help out his fellow, here's where I made a mistake. holds, even even if not only does he do a service, but he actually incurs damage. Or, Taisvis says, if a person helped his fellow, but it's only a service without any monetary loss, we do apply Mavriachari. In other words, we only don't apply Mavriachari if you both incur a loss and you did it against your will, which is in the case of our Mishnah. So my animal falls onto your property, you did not knowingly agree to help me out, and you lost money because my animal damaged your vegetable patch, that is where I'm chayv to pay you at least, ma shenehena, but not ma shehizik. So now, Daf Nun Ches, seven lines from the top of the Amid, says the Gemara, hey, what exactly is the case that my animal fell and the owner of the animal claims it was an oinus, it was a complete uh, unavoidable mishap. So we, we have a machloike, samaroyim. Rav Kahana says, that my animal slipped on urine. Even though the Gemara uses the words, it slipped on its own urine, doesn't necessarily mean that. It slipped on urine. That is a complete unavoidable mishap which is why the owner doesn't have to pay for the full damages that his animal 
cause to his fellow. Rava Omar, Rava says, he gives another example, that I own two animals, they were both walking, one of my animals pushed the other, and they pushed it into the neighbor. The one who explains the Mishnah, Shitas Rava, that an oinus is even in a case where one animal pushed the other, certainly Rava will hold that in the case, that if an animal slips in its urine, certainly it's considered an oinus. The owner cannot avoid that from happening. However, but Rav Kahano that interpreted our Mishnah by using the example that an animal slipped on urine, but in the case of Rava, if one of my animals pushed the other, according to Rava, that's not considered an oinus. Pasha, the owner was negligent, and therefore Umishalemis will have to pay not only for the damage that his animal caused, but for the full damage, Mashi Hizika. Why? Because the Amar lay, because the damaged party, the owner of the garden, the one who lost his vegetables, will tell the owner of the animal, You should have led the animals one by one. Why did you allow the animals to walk one aside of the other? Giving one animal the opportunity to push the other, you should have been more involved in how they're walking together. And if one would have walked behind the other, apart from the other, such a scenario never would have happened. That's considered the pshia for which is chayv to pay mashi Ezekiel. Good. So going back in our Mishnah, that my animal falls into my neighbor's property. However, the oinus was in a case of an oinus, I don't have to pay for the full damage. Says the Gemara Amar Afkahana that loishanu this leniency was only learned ella ba only regarding the very patch into which my animal fell into. Says Rashi, Ella, nine lines from the top of the Amid inside Rashi, Divri Hamaschil Ella, that Sha'achla Miyad that my animal fell into the neighbor's vegetable patch and it ate up. And being that it fell there Ba'inus, I don't have to pay for the damage that it caused. That's only if it ate up from the vegetable patch that it fell into. Why? Says Rashi. Kiven the anusahi bin afila. Since it fell on the earth through an oinus. And anusahi nami ba'achilasa. We will argue, and we do argue, that the fact that it ate up its vegetables, that's also considered a unavoidable mishap, an oinus. Why? Kiven the chazil tusa. Since the animal saw food under it, it was unable to hold itself back. A human being has that ability. An animal can claim, ah, the food was in front of me, I couldn't contain myself. Very interesting. Very different than what we learned before from Rav, that you shouldn't have eaten. Here we're going with the approach that if an animal falls into food, and it eats up that food, it's called an oinus. Avil, back in the Gemarim, avil me aruga laruga. But if my animal fell into the patch on the right side of my neighbor's garden, but then it went into the other patch and it ate from there. Here, Mishalem is Here, I already have to pay for the damages. In other words, it wasn't inevitable that it should eat up from the neighboring patch. Why was it not inevitable? Because from the fool, until it went to the other part of the garden, the owner had the time to go in there and to retrieve the animal. So yeah, if an animal is standing on top of food, we are holding that the animal eats that food that's unavoidable. And if the animal got in there by the whole thing is an oinus. 
Yeah, but one second, the owner should have retrieved the animal, which is this opinion. The opinion of Rav Kahana comes along Rabbi Yechanan, and he says the Gavaldik is father. He says that people are afraid to trespass. So if my animal, Bo'inus, falls onto your property, no one can ask me, why didn't you go in there to take your animal out? I was afraid to go in there. So as long as my animal is in there, and it got in there, Bo'inus, whatever happens in there is called an Inus. But Rabbi Yechelen Amar, Afilu Maruga Laruga, even from one vegetable patch to the other, the Afilu Kolayem Kulay. And even if my animal was in my neighbor the whole day and eating, I'm, it's an Inus. When am I going to be considered liable if my animal left the neighbor's property? And then the das, and then it went in there, not behind us. From now on, I'm chayiv. And Amar Papa clarifies Papa, It's not that the animal has to leave and then it has to enter with the owner's knowledge. Entering with the owner's knowledge is a mamash shia gemura. I allow my animal to enter. But he limits it. He says, no, the moment my animal left my neighbor's property, I no longer can claim I couldn't retrieve it, I didn't want to trespass. Even if it returns to the neighbor's property, despite the owner guarding the animal. And let's quickly remember, that for Shane and Regal, we just learned this in the Gemara, according to all of the Tanoim, Shmira Pachuse is enough. By Keren, that's where we have the Machlekes Tanoim. But when it comes to Shein Veregel, if I put my animal in a closed area, that a normal wind will not blow the door open. Normal circumstances will not allow my animals to leave. If the animal's left, nonetheless, I'm exempt. It's an Oynes. Normally, Shmira Pachusa is enough. Here, says Rabbi Yechidon, once my animal met your garden, and it met the food there, and it enjoyed it, from now on, I am responsible to make a Shmira Mu'ula to make sure my animal doesn't go back into the garden. And if I don't make a Shmira Mu'ula, even if I give the normal protection, which normally will be enough, here it will not be enough. My Tama, because the Amale, the owner of the garden, tells the owner of the animal, Kivin the Yalfa, once your animal learned, in other words, once your animal learned that there's food in my garden, Call Amos the Mishtamta. Whenever your animal will escape, Lohasam Rahata, it's going to run into my garden. So now I have an additional responsibility to make sure my animal does not return to your garden and only a Shmira Mu'ula will suffice. And if I didn't do a Shmira Mu'ula, I cannot shout, Oynes, I'm considered a Prishayam. Very good. So at Khan, again, the leniency that I don't have to pay for the damages, that's if my animal got into your property, but continues the Gemara quoting by the two dots from the Mishnah, if if my animal walked into my neighbor's property, not I could have prevented my animal from going into my neighbor's property, and then it went in there, and it does damage. So now, I have to pay, I'm fully liable. So, Ask Davirmiya what will happen in this scenario if Yardo Kedarka, if my animal walked into the neighbor, not because of a mishap. In other words, the owner was negligent in not, allow, in not keeping the animal contained. However, when it got into the neighbor's property, it didn't eat up their vegetables. It didn't do Nezek Kedarka. Once it went into the property, an oinus happened. For example, Vihizika Vimeleido. My animal was pregnant. And as it gave birth, the waters soiled the, the produce of my neighbor. 
That's already considered an oinus. Mahu. So clarifies the Gemara the question. As we just spoke out this argument, according to the opinions that hold, that whenever something begins with negligence, even if at the end the actual damage happens through an oinus, we don't care about the end. You allowed it to begin through negligence, your chayiv, then for sure, like Tibayalach, then Abdirmiya has no question. Oh, it's Amaposhea by allowing my animal to go into the neighbor's property. The fact that at the end the damage happened, Bimeleida, who cares? Kitibayalach, Abdirmiya's question is even according to the opinion that says that whenever Tchilasibibshia, if at the end the actual damage happens through an oinus, you are putted. Even according to those opinions, Rabbi Yirmiya has a question. My, what will we say in his scenario? Me, Amrinan, do we say, Therefore, here also, true, I should have guarded my animal better. However, the fact is, my animal damaged the neighbor through, uh, gave birth, and the water soiled the produce. That's an oinus. Or the owner of the produce can tell the owner of the animal, the whole thing is a pshia. Because the kiven, the kachazi, the kreva, once an owner knows that his or her animal is about to give birth, from now on you have to give it a special amount of watching, you have to watch over it, and you have to be very careful with it, interprets Rashi. In other words, you have to up your Shemitah, or as we worded it before, normally when it comes to the damages of Shein Veregel, the owner providing what we call the lesser amount of guardianship, Shmira Pachusa, suffices. But if the animal is pregnant and about to give birth, you have to have a Shmira Mu'ula. And therefore, anything that happens is considered Pshia from the outset. And therefore, you'll be chayiv, even according to the Manda Amar, Tchila Sibab Shia, Vesoyfe Bo'ayna Spatter. And on that question, the Gemara says, Okay. So Hebrew, we're starting now with Sugya, that's Mamash Gavaldik. It's going to actually continue also on Daphnun Tess. In the case where the owner is considered a Poisheya, so the Mishnah says the owner has to pay for the damage that his animal or her animal incurred. Now, what does it mean that I have to pay for the damage that my animal caused? We're speaking about a case that my animal ate produce off your land. And we spoke about this recently a few times. One way of evaluating the damage is it ate a pound of apples. How much is a pound of apples worth in the market? Once you evaluate the produce. In our Mishnah we learned, there's a machloikas Tanakama and Abshemen. The Tanakama holds that we never evaluate the food that it ate, the produce that it ate. We look at the land and how much the land now became devalued because the fruit or the produce is no longer on it the number will be a much lesser number. Now, in the Mishnah, we have the sheet of Rabbi Shimon, I think. Rabbi Shimon said that if the produce was ripe, then even though it ate it off the ground, there we only look at the produce per se, which means that the numbers that I'll have to pay will go up higher. But the Gemara is going to focus on the sheet of the Tanakama, that we don't look at the produce by itself. We look at the damage that it caused to the land, but here the Mishnah added something else. You know, when you look, let's say my animal ate up a vegetable patch and that took up a, a, a foot by a foot. If you look at land a foot by a foot with vegetables, or that small piece of land without vegetables, the difference will be relatively large. 
If you were to look at the foot by foot of vegetables on the ground, but you wouldn't look just at that area, you would look at a larger area, and you would ask a question, how much is a larger area worth with a little vegetable patch on it or not? The more land you add, the lesser difference it will make. You understand that? In other words, if I'm looking at a small piece of land with food on it or without produce on it, and I want to know the difference, the numbers will be higher if I'll contrast that with the case where I'm looking at a very large piece of land, not filled with produce. Pick a very large piece of land and look only at that little area of the produce that my animal ate. Because the more, a large piece of land is worth a lot more money to begin with. The land is worth more money. So relative to the larger amount of money, whether it has a little bit of vegetables on it or not, it makes lesser of a difference. So we're going to learn now how much land do we use when we make the evaluation according to the Chachamim. Let's begin reading. The value is for the difference that the land is worth with the food on it or without the food on it. Because if we would only look at the food, that would be the highest way of evaluating an Ezek. That would be good for the Nizek, that would be bad for the Mazik. The, the Chachamim go with the opinion that we make the evaluation in a way that it's beneficial, it's advantageous for the Mazik. The question is, how advantageous do we make it? It's very interesting, and there's going to be different approaches. So says the Gemara on top of the line, to that's Ketzad Mishalemis Mashihizika. Again, we are quoting the opinion of the Tanakama, and the Tanakama uses the quantity of land called a base saw. Normally, a base saw is a piece of land that's 50 amas by 50 amas. Not that my animal ate up all that produce. No, no, my animal ate up a fraction of that. But we don't only look at that land, we take a land of a base saw. How much is a base saw of land worth? with the 20 tomatoes that my animal ate or without those tomatoes. That difference is mashihiziko. That is how we assess how much I have to pay to the damaged party. So first of all, ask the Gemara Minohan Amili that we contrast it on a uh, large piece of land. So Amar Avmasna the Amar And here we are quoting the Pasik and Parshas Mishpatim Perik Chavbeiz Pasik Dalit. The Pasuk from where we learn that if my animal damaged my friend, my fellow, either through Shein or through Regal Yerchayev, the Pasuk begins, Ki yavid ish sada We had this Pasuk in the beginning of the Masechta. So Vishilach Ubir is Regal and Shein. And the Pasuk says, Meitav sadeyu umeitav karma yishalim. So the Pasuk says, Ubir that my animal destroyed or it consumed in the field of another in the field of another says Rav Masna ah, that we evaluate the damage in the context of another field meaning a larger field you don't only evaluate the damage in context of that very land it ate up a foot of produce how much is a foot of land worth with produce or without produce that will be a bigger difference you assess it based on the context of another field. And again, another field means a larger field. One second, how can you say that? We learned many times that this Pasuk, is needed to teach us that the damage of Shane Veregel does not exist if my animal ate or trampled in the public domain. I'm only chayef to pay for the damages that my damage caused through Shane or through Regal only if it happened with Hanizak. And that's learned from the words, Ubir Bistayachar. So answers the Gemara, explains Rav Masna, Im Kain. If that is the only thing the Torah would want to teach, 
Lichtoi brachmano ubir bisdei chaveroi. The Torah would have said that I sent my animals and it consumed in my fellow's field. And by the way, stei chaveroi makes it sound more private. In my chaver's field. That would exclude Rishus Arabim even better versus the stei acher. Or, even if the Torah will use the word stei acher, the Torah did not need to use the letter base. Inami stei acher. My bisdei acher. From here we learn, like Rav Masna saying, that if my animal ate produce, and I'm going to be chayef to pay, evaluate the difference of the damage of land in the context of a large other field. We'll get soon to the Beisom. Okay, so now the Gemara goes to the opposite question. Okay, if ubir bestei acher, since it doesn't say stay chaveroi, since it says with the base, if this teaches you this din, this leniency of the Chachamim, that you assess it, you assess the damage based on a large field, the Let's say the opposite. That's the only thing Hashem is trying to teach us by using the words Ubir And the question is, How do you know that I'm Pater Shein Veregel in Rashusarabim? Answers the Gemara, because in Cain, if the only thing Hashem would want to teach you is that Shishaman al Gav Sedei Acher, Lichtevei Rachman, Gabi Tashwoman. And we just quoted the Pasik and Parshas Mishpatim. The same Pasik has the beginning that speaks about the damages. Right? I sent forth my animals, Regal, and it consumed the Stei Acher, damages. And then the Pasik at the end speaks about the payment. Metav Sodeu, Metav Karma Yishalin. If the trader is only teaching me a din of how do I pay for the damage that I caused, so there's the damages and the payment, the trader should have used the word stay achar in the latter part of the Pasik where it's speaking about payment. That metav sodeyu, metav karma yeshalim, how through the assessment of stay achar. The trader de facto puts the word stay achar not at the end of Pasik where it's speaking about the tashlumen, it puts it in the beginning of the Pasik where it's speaking about the damage that I did. Which means that the Bisday Acher is also limiting the scenarios of the damage itself. Which is, I'm only chayef for damages if it damaged in private property. Bisday Acher. If my animal ate up produce or for trampled on someone else's things, if the damage happened, not Bisday Acher, I'll be examined. Gavaldik. Let's read it inside. Again, Imkain, Lichtabedachmana. The Torah should have written the word stay achad at the latter part of the Pasik, where it's teaching me the dinim of payment, Gabi Tashlumen, which is by saying, Metav Sodeyu, Metav Karmoi, Yishalem stay achad. Wamali the Kasve Rachmana Gabi Ubir. Why did the Torah write this Ubir Bestay achad in the part of the Pasik that's speaking about the damage that my animal does? Shmami no Tarta, which is why we get tackle in both things. Damage only bestay acher is damage from which I'm chayef to pay by Shane Veregel. If my animal damages Shane Veregel I'm exempt. And there's din of Rav Masna, the din of the Chachamim, that when he eats a produce that's connected to the ground, Aleph, you don't pay for the produce. You only you assess the damage to the land. And Bayes, and that's the Nakuda, that even when you assess the damage to the land, you don't only look at that land. You make the assessment, Al-Gabe stay acher. You make believe that this produce came from a large piece of land. And the assessment is, how much was the large piece of land worth with that little bit of vegetables? And how much is it worth now without the vegetables? And that is how you evaluate the damage. Okay, so now the Gemara says, in this itself, Heich how do we make a proper evaluation? 
What's the Gemara's question? Being that the Tanakama used the words that the size of the large land is the size of a base Sa'ah, so many of the Rishonim explain that you have to understand the following. When it comes to people selling and buying land, when it comes to buying and selling anything, the higher the demand, the lesser the product, the higher the price. When there's a low demand, then you're going to have the, 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 high, the, the low supply. Low supply and, hand, and high demand will make the price go up. A base saw size of property is of low supply and of high demand. So therefore the Gemara, that size of land, many people want it, but people don't sell. Either they sell a smaller parcel of land, or they sell a much larger parcel of land. So being that exactly the size of a base saw is of low supply and high demand, so the price is going to be unfairly high. And therefore, the, the Gemara is going to give you three ways of using the Chacham and Shita of evaluating it based on a Beisah. None of them are literally based on a Beisah. So, one answer is, one formula is, Sa'a B'Shishim. It's amazing. To get the right value of a Beisah, like we just explained, Beisah is a size of land that in itself will be very expensive. What we do is, we look at a land that is 60 saw large. Not one saw by one saw, 60 saw by 60 saw. How much is that worth? Now those larger pieces of land, you understand, of course you pay a lot more money, but if you were to take that price and divide it by 60, one saw would be a little bit cheaper. Would you get to the price of the base saw, not looking at a base saw per se, first you have to look at 60 saw by 60 saw. And then... A sixtieth of that is how much a base saw is worth. And now put the vegetables on it and take the vegetables off it and see what difference that would make. And you're going to end up now with a lesser number, with a lower number. Had you started out just with the base saw, being that a base saw per se is more expensive, then the difference would also be a larger difference. Now we don't put the little bit of vegetables on the sixty saw by sixty saw. You know what would happen? You have to understand something. The larger the land and therefore, the higher the price, not per square foot, but the higher the t- sum total price, the lesser difference it makes whether there's vegetables there or not. If you were to put the vegetables that my animal consumed on a 60 saw by 60 saw, put on those vegetables and take off the vegetables, in many cases there would be zero difference in price. Mamish. It will make a difference if you're looking at only one saw of land. But again, we don't want to start with one saw of land because that price for one saw is already too expensive. So, formula, so it's two steps. You take 60 saw by 60 saw. How much is that worth now in the market? A 60th of that is the price for a land of a base saw. Now you know the price of the land. Now put vegetables on it and take the vegetables off it. And find out what difference it will make. That's the price according to Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yanai agrees to the concept, but he doesn't start with 60 saw by 60 saw. He finds that's too advantageous to the mazik. But the larger the land, the less the price is going to be. You start out with half. It's also advantageous. It's not as bad as starting out with one saw, but you don't go to 60 back to one, you go to 30 back to one. So Rabbi Yanai says, Tarka v'shishim tarka bayim. In other words, what you do is tarka means a half. So he also has this tradition of 60. But instead of saying 60 saws, 60 half a saws.
So you have a land of 30 saw by 30 saw. How much is it worth in the market? A 30th of that is, but Chachanam said in the Mishnah, Beso al Beso. Again, that's how you get to the price of the land, which is a cheaper price than just starting out with the Beso. You get it simple. Now put the vegetables on it, take the vegetables off it. Two-step process. Comes along Chizkiah, the third opinion, and he says we never make a two-step process. Everyone had this tradition, there's some 6D connected, which is amazing, because the Mishnah did not write the word 60. The Mishnah wrote, Beisah. So it's either 60 saw, according to Rabbianai, it's 60 half a saw, 30 saw. According to Chizkiah, it's very simple. If my animal ate up, like I said, a foot of tomatoes, what you do is, it took up a foot, 60. How much is a land of 60 feet worth with a foot of vegetables? How much is 60 feet of land worth without a foot of vegetables? So it's a one, you just make a one-step process. You look at what my animal damaged. You do times 60. You look at the land times 60 with that little vegetables, without the vegetables, and that's what you pay. It's a much simpler cheshben. But all of them are connected to some sort of tradition that they had that you have to add 60 before you come to the right number. If it ate up one stalk, look at the size of land that you need to grow 60 stalks. It only ate up one. So how much is a land of 60 stalks worth with one stalk? How much is a land in which you can grow 60 stalks is worth without any stalks? That's how much you evaluate the damage of a stalk. We're good? Huh? No, no, no. You don't, not, what do you mean you start with zero? In the case, he gave a case of a clock. If my animal ate up one stalk of yours, one stalk takes off, I don't know, an inch. How much is 60 inches of land worth with one stalk? How much is 60 inches of land worth without that one stalk? Listen, in all of these cases, the mazik is getting away. The mazik is paying a much lesser amount. The moment you evaluate the produce per se, that's a lot more money. And that's what Rab Shimon holds. That if my animal ate up ripe produce, what do you mean you evaluate the land? My animal didn't damage your land. You were about to harvest your produce and my animal ate it up. I, I got to pay you for the produce. That's Rav Shimon. The Chachamim hold, if it was connected to the ground, we never evaluate the produce. We evaluate the land. Even though the Mishnah said, Beisah, here, everyone holds it's not exactly Beisah. It's not going to be fair. It's going to be too expensive somehow for the Mazik. So again, it's either 60 Beisah back to one, 30 Beisah back to one, or according to Chizkiah, you just add 60 times to the land. Okay. Ask Sigamara Meisvei. I have a question. It says in Abraisom, If my animal ate up your kab, which is a measurement of produce or two kav, so the din is, This is Shitas Chachanim. You don't tell the mazik, pay for the produce itself. El royin oiso. You look at the produce, you look at that patch, you look at this little patch of produce that my animal ate up, and you evaluate that land. End of the words of the Braisa. Now if you read the Braisa, it seems that all you do is, is you look only at the land under the produce, how much is that land worth with the produce and without the produce. That's a lot more, that's a kasha against all of the opinions. It's actually a contradiction to the words of our Mishnah also. But it, it, it go, we're, we're speaking about Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yana, Chizkiyah, Oisof, my love, Bifnei Atzma, does the Braisa not mean? You just, you just look at that immediate land. 
says the Gemara, no. The Braisa means Beshishim. However, you'll work the Beshishim. Even though the Braisa didn't write it. And by the way, the Mishnah also never wrote the word Shishim. So it's interesting to know that, you know, there are certain halachas that are so known that they didn't have to record it. They just reminded you of the concept. It's not the produce, it's you assess the damage of the land. How do you, what land, how much land do you start out with? It's a given. It's some, somehow connected to Shishim. Each one, Lishitase. Another challenge. These like cryptic words. You don't evaluate a kav. Because it profits. We don't even write whom, because he will profit. You don't evaluate base koir. Guys, a koir is 30 saw. Six kav is one saw. So a koir is huge. You don't evaluate base koir because it's going to be to someone's detriment. The Brice doesn't say whom. Period. And that's the end of the Brais. Asks the Gemara, Mike, Amar, what, what is the Brais telling? What is the Brais saying? So Amar Papa explains that Papa Hachik Amar, Kav Kabim. You don't take the Kav of produce that my animal ate and simply assess it against 60 Kavim of land, because it will profit the damager. Why will it profit the damager? Wasn't that what Chizkiya said? So let's read the Rashi inside. It's mamish to the left side of this height of the Gemara, maybe one line down. That if my animal ate up one kav, you don't assess it on 60 kavim of land. Why? Here we're going to go back to the concept that we began with, that there are certain parcels of land that are of high demand and low supply, or the opposite. And that will substantially affect the price of the land. Says Rashi, the Shishin kavim, a piece of land, on which you can grow only 60 kav, ain't lahem mecher. People don't want to sell it. Why? A poor person cannot even afford that. So there's no demand for that. A wealthy person who buys land, wants to buy land that's much larger than that. So it's a punta parcel of land that is normally not sold. And for sure for an ashir. So first of all, whenever a certain size of parcel are sizes that people normally don't sell that makes that land a very ex- that makes that land it's, it's low it's, 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 you don't have it on the market so it makes the land more expensive on the other hand so the land is very expensive to begin with why? because people don't sell them normally whenever there's a size that is hard to get on the market if you have it there's low supply, you get, people are going to pay money for it. One kav on 60 kavim is so insignificant because the land is expensive that if you were to ask a person on that size parcel, how much is 60 kav, meaning a piece of land upon which you can grow 60 kav, worth with one kav of produce or without one kav of produce, the answer will be no difference. There won't be any price difference. So that's what the Bryce is saying, that if my animal ate up one kav, you can't simply add 60 kavim of land because the mazik will end up paying nothing. Oh, and now continues Rapap explaining the Braisa in reverse. If my animal ate up a koir, wow. Now, guys, one, we just said, one, 30 saw is one koir. Six kav is one saw. My animal eating up a koir means my animal ate up 180 kav. So if my animal ate up 180 kavim, 
that here also we cannot simply add 60 times that land. Shishim Kaidim. Here, to the opposite, it's going to be to the detriment of the mazik. Why will it be here to the detriment of the mazik? So again, let's read Rashi inside where we left off. A person who is wealthy, when a wealthy person buys land, they dafka want to buy very large parcels of land. And these very large parcels of land, meaning land, that, is being, that, that can house on it 60 koir is going to be very expensive. A wealthy person will pay a lot of money for it. He'll want it. Again, it's very hard to get. And koir oisa kashu will pay a lot more than its value. So the land is going to be super expensive. On top of that, says Rashi, if my animal ate up 180 kavim, that's already a significant amount of produce. So when you contrast a very large parcel of land, but it's a large parcel of land that people will pay a lot of money for, with 180 kav or without 180 kav, that will make a substantial difference. And that's going to be to the detriment of the mazik. So we don't otherize it. So, so what do we do? The Brayse doesn't give the formula. So what we do is, is we use the formula of the Mishnah, is that we have to start out with my animal, let's say, ate up one koid, my animal ate up 30 saw, we begin with my animal eating up one saw. Then we'll do times 30. And we do the formula that we had either from Rabbi Yanai or from Rabbi Yaisi, which is, we do this two steps, which is, we'll make believe my animal only ate up one saw. And we're going to put one saw on a land that can grow 60 saw. 60 saw is not 60 kur. 60 saw is already not super expensive. How much is a property that has in it, that, uh, the size of 60 saw, that has in it one saw's worth? How much is a land that has the size of 60 saw, that has nothing on it worth? That is the difference of one saw. If my animal ate up 30, you do it times 30. If you always begin with the one saw on a land of 60 saw, which is the formula that we learned both of the Amoira Rabbi and of the Amoira Rab Yanai. That's the way the Pop explains the Braisa. There's only one big problem that it doesn't fit into the words. Because if the Braisa is speaking about my animal either eating up a very small amount, kav, then when the Braisa spoke about my animal eating up a koir, the Braisa should have used the words koir. Look inside the Braisa. What does the Braisa say? Ain't shaman kav, but veloy base koir. That doesn't fit. The Braisa should have said, ain't shaman kav bifnayatsma, the ain't shaman koir bifnayatsma. Hi, quoting the words in the Braisa. Veloi base koir doesn't symmetrically fit with the case of the Reisha where the Braisa wrote kav. If you write kav, write koir. If you write base kav, write base koir. Don't begin with kav and base koir. Veloi koir, mi boyolei. Elo, omarafuna He's actually going to interpret this Braisa. Not the way the first Amaraim. Interpret it as we explain, making a two-step process. But he's going to interpret the Braisa that we make a one-step process, which is Chizkiyam. Ain't shaman kav If my animal ate up a kav, we don't look at the land with the kav and this little land without the kav. Why? Because, like we spoke out, simple. If you begin with a very small piece of land with protus on it, without protus on it, 
the difference will be a lot more significant. The larger the land, with or without produce, the lesser significant. So the Bryce is saying, don't evaluate that land right under the produce, because that's going to be too much to the benefit of the Nizak, and it's going to be to the detriment of the Mazik. Likewise, the Kav, the base the same case, the Bryce is speaking about my animal only eating a Kav. Don't say, take a Kav, of produce, on a land of a base coir. Imagine, that's, versus, imagine a land of a base coir with a Kav or without a Kav. Hardly you'll be a pennies. That you also don't know, what do we do? This is the formula of Chizkiyah. No matter how much produce my animal ate, look at that piece of land. Make a land 60 times its size with this amount of produce and without the amount of produce. And that is the way you evaluate, you assess how much the mazik has to pay the nizik. One thing is clear, that you never just evaluate the land under the produce itself. You always contrast it, you assess it based on a much larger land, which will always be to the benefit of the mazik. That is din taita. Now we're going to have a story. Says the Gemara, Ahu Gabra, there was a person, the cuts, kashba michavrei, that he cut down his fellow's palm tree. Also the kame, the reish golusa, so they went to Adam Taito and they went in front of the Reish Golus. And Omar Lay and the Reish Golusa told both litigants, I know that land, I know what you did. That Lididi Chazali, I know exactly the damage that you caused. And he tells them the details that what you cut down a palm tree, that was in an area that there were three palm trees. That Vitlasa, Tulasa, Bikina, Habu. It was a land that had in it three palm trees that were standing, have a kaimah that was standing together, and Shavu, and they were worth together, all together they were worth a hundred zuz. You cut down a third, so what did he tell them to do? Pay a third of that, which is mamash against everything we're learning right now. No, it's, he just assessed that property, there was a little piece of land that had three palm trees, the mazik cut down one, so he tells them, well, if all three together are worth, not times 60, not the, who knows what type of amounts, Give a third of that. Zil havle to lossen v'tolossatilsom. Go pay him place thirty-three point thirty-three three three zuz, which is what you damaged. So Amar, so the mazik tells the reish golusa that gabi reish golusa the doing din of the parsa lamali. What am I doing sitting in a court of a Jew that is applying Persian law? Only the Persians say, look at the land with what you damaged. Look at that land without what you damaged, and pay the difference. That's not what we're learning until now. Forget about the details, but there is a concept of you add 60 times more, however you'll do that. And the moment you add a lot more land, then the damage that you did will be a lot less priced. And he was so upset that he went in front of Rav Nachman. Now how can a person do that? How did he get away with it? That's a great question. Was he already went to a dentaira? He didn't like the psagdin, but he had a legitimate taina. Or at least he thought he had a legitimate taina, because he was learning the soul sugya, that you don't evaluate the damage, you evaluate the damage that you did to the land, and you don't just look at that little size of land. So they went in front of Rav Nachman, and Amalei B'Shishim, which is what Chizkiah said. You cut down one palm tree, how much is the worth of a land that can house in it 60 palm trees? How much is that land worth? How much will that land be worth with one palm tree actually on it, or without one palm tree on it? That difference is what you have to pay. No, he gave the mazik a much lower number. So, Amalei Rava, 
When Rav heard about the story, he said that this entire challenge that the Mazik had, that you are judging Persian law, was wrong. Because im amru the leniency that we just learned, imagine, my animal ate up your produce. Not only am I not paying for the price of the produce, I'm not even evaluating the damage of that land. I get to add six, times 60. That is only said because my animal did damage. So the Torah was very lenient relatively on the mazik. But the Yoim Rubeniske Gufai, what was the story of the Dintaira? That a person, there was an Adam Hamazik. The person cut a palm tree down. If a person cuts a palm tree down, we don't have this leniency of, of adding times 60 and then deducting the difference. We don't do that. The Reish Galusa Paskin properly. Really, it's a criticism against Rav Nachman. Why did he, why did he give another Psagdin? So Amalei Abayi Lerava, so Abayi to justify Rav Nachman tells Rava, why did you think, why do you think, that when there's an Adam Hamazik, we don't apply the leniency? Why do you think so? Well, you can argue it was a Svarah. But there's no Svarah here. Everything has to be backed up with the source. And the reason is because the Tanya, because you had a Braisa, we're going to learn the Braisa inside, and the Braisa doesn't mention 60, I'll just say the whole Gemara by heart. We just had on top of this Amid, another Braisa that doesn't mention 60. And the Gemara makes it clear that even though a Braisa or a Mishnah, our Mishnah doesn't mention 60, but it's a given that to add 60. So basically he's telling him that if you hold that Niske Adam, Adam Hamazik, we don't apply the leniency because there is a Braisa that doesn't mention the concept of adding 60 land, that doesn't mean anything. The Tanoim didn't add it because everyone needs to know that. And we'll prove it. So, and if, if it's because the Tanya you learned in a Braisa, look at this case, Hamav Kir Samadar, if one destroys this fellow's vineyard, when the fruits are still only budding, then, this is important, because let's not forget Rab Shimon. Rab Shimon and our Mishnah holds that if my animal, Hamafkir Kamri, we speak about Adam Hamazik, if I damage your produce when the produce was ripe, Rab Shimon says, then I got to pay for the damage of the produce. So here, Lukula Alma, if the, if the produce was still Samadar, was still very, very uh, unripe, it was just budding. So, you look at the land, how much was the land worth before? Who knows when it still had those buddings on them? And how much is it worth now that the buddings are destroyed? And that's the, the amount of money that the Adam, who did the, not, the Hezek, has to pay. So, and then that Braisa, the Ilu Bishishim like Tani, being that the Braisa doesn't mention that you don't add to the land 60, that's, that's your proof that by Adam Hamazik, if I could don't add the land, that is not a proof. Because he's going to quote him another Braisa, and we're going to learn inside the Braisa that this latter Braisa, speaking about an animal that damages other people's produce, that Braisa also does not mention 60. Eloma, we have to add this on our own. The Chachamim, the Tanoim understood that we know the din of 60. So maybe by Adam you also have to add 60. So that's the Machlech Yisir whether we apply the leniency of adding 60 to Adam HaMazik or not. Let's read the Brais inside. The Tanya we learned, and this Brais is speaking about an animal that's Mazik, that Katma Nitiya, if one's animal severs Nitiya, young, a young tree. So then Rabbi Yaisi Oymer, that the ones who enacted the decrees in Yerushalayim, we had this expression at the end of Memer Mesechtek Subis. Oimrim and Rashi brings down that, I'm reading six lines from the bottom of Rashi, 
Goizre Gezeris means Koinze the ones who enacted penalties in Yerushalayim, which are Chanan ben Avshalem, the Perik Basra Dixubas. If you remember, over there, the Gemara was telling you how many Batei Dinam you had in Yerushalayim, Vuchulei. So, Oymenim, they hold that they gave for every sapling a, a price. Nitiya Bashanosa, Shtekasif. If, you know, if it was only two years old, two kasif. If it was two years old, then you pay four kasif. Clearly, you don't assess it based on a large parcel of land. They didn't have any of that. If an animal ate uh, sprouted greens, means when things come out of the ground, when they're still very green, they're not ripe yet. Well, think about the wheat. You know, when it comes out, it's very green. When it gets matured, it turns brown. So here also, that you have to wait. How much, how do you evaluate that? So Rabbi Yossi says, one second, if my animal ate up your greens, don't evaluate how much damage I caused to you right now. Wait and see at the end of the season, after the rest of the produce of this very field is ready, how much was that produce worth? Now you'll know how much I damaged you. This is nothing what we're learning right now. This is a much higher number. Here, not only are we not assessing the damage to the land, we're not even assessing to the damage that I actually did. We are, we are assessing... The, the potential damage, being that you see in this field, this produce would have been worse, kach kach, when it would have been harvested, that's how much you have to pay. Now, by the way, this also comes with a leniency, because that means that the Shaitan speak out that if there was a drought, and that person's field did not yield anything, then I don't have to pay you anything. Because you have to wait to see how much did this field harvest, and how much was a pound of produce of this field worth. If I ate up a pound, even though it was still chazis, I only I pay for the ready product. It is a general stringency. And now the Chachamim, which is the same opinion in our Mishnah of the Tanakhama, they say, Not only do you not evaluate the damage in itself, you don't pay for the damage itself, you pay for the land that doesn't have the produce on it. How much was the land worth with the produce on it? And how much it's worth now? And again, here, the Brayse doesn't say 60. So that's the whole point he's making. Elamai, it's a given that you don't even look at the land per se. You add times 60 to the land. So the Braisa doesn't have to speak about by other either. But now that we're learning the Braisa, let's continue finishing the dinam of the Braisa. On top of that, Nuntes. Another case in the same Braisa. That, Ochol, Smadar, if my animal ate up your budding grapes, that Yeshua, Oimer, Royan, Oisaki, Elohim, Anavim, Oimdim, Libatzer, similar to before, that we look. Not at the damage that I caused right now. That's a, that's a bad thing for the mazik. How much would have these grapes been worth had they reached their time of harvesting? And many of the Rishonim say he's being a lot more machmer than Rabbi Yaisi Haglili. Rabbi Yaisi Haglili says you have to look at this land itself. We're speaking about the, uh, the, green, uh, the green grains, the chaziz. And we spoke out that there's a leniency that if there was a drought and this field did not give a good produce, or did not produce at all, I don't have to pay anything. We don't say that by grapes. Grapes has a different nature. It's possible when you have a vineyard, that one row gives off produce, and one row doesn't. So even if this person's other rows don't have a good harvest, no, but maybe the one that your animal damaged would have had a good harvest. It's a big chumrah. I don't pay for the damage that I caused now, I pay for the money that you're not going to make later, at the end of the season. The chachamim again hold, we don't do that at all. And not only do you not pay for the damaged produce, you don't pay for the damaged produce, you pay for the damaged land. 
And how, what does that mean? Again, Royan, you take a look. How much was the land worth with the budding grapes? And how much is it worth now without the budding grapes? It's a much lower difference. And that's how much you have to pay. In the name of that damaged produce is evaluated with the land. The leniency, you only look at the damaged land. That's only bizman That's only if my animals ate half, half ripe grapes or or if it ate. I'm sorry. That's only if my animal ate shoots of grapes that are completely unripe or shoots of fig trees. As we learned in our Mishnah, that is where the mazik gets away, not having to pay for the produce that it ate, because it was bechlal not ripe. However, if they were already only half ripe, but if they're already half ripe, then then we have to look at this produce itself, not only not as it is right now, but how much would it have been worse when it's about to be harvested, which is really what Rav Shimon says in the Mishnah. Here, there's another detail. It's not ripe or unripe. If it's completely unripe, only then does the mazik get away with only evaluating the damaged land. The moment it's already half ripe, you have to pay for that produce. And not for half ripe produce. Pay for ripe produce. End of b'raisa. But the point that he's making, Tani Mias, the point is, it says, And v'loik Tani Shishim. The Chachamim don't say Shishim. Which goes against everything we learned on Ahmed Beis. Elamayis lachlam emar. That even though the Tana doesn't mention Shishim, it means you have to evaluate the land times 60. The land has to be very large. Hachinami, the first Braiso that spoke about an Adam Hamazik, even though the Braiso didn't mention Shishim, we have to add Shishim. You always add Shishim. So that person who went to Adin Trader had a legitimate claim against the Reish Galusa. That you are paskening to me like the Dayanim of the Persians and not like Dayanim Yisrael because Dayanim Yisrael only assess land damage and they don't even look at that piece of land. They add, and we had again the three formulas of the Amorayim and let's go with Chizkiah. You look at that land, you do times 60. How much is a times 60 land worth with one palm tree? How much is a times 60 land worth without any palm trees? Small difference. That is the difference that the Mazik has to pay. Emirates Hashem to be continued.